from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is John Small, and I am the editor-in-chief of GreenEntrepreneur.com, which is brought to you by our friends at Entrepreneur Media. We've got a really interesting show today. We're going to talk to Shane Nadeau, who is the VP of Marketing for Hervé Edibles. Now, Hervé produces premium, I would say fancy desserts, such as macaroons and chocolates and gummies that blend together traditional French culinary history with more innovative, newfangled infusion. And they have a really interesting business model and one that the industry is closely monitoring. Their products are luxury desserts, and they're delicious, but they're not cheap. A box of three macaroons is $20, and that is two to three times higher than competing products. So to talk about this luxury cannabis market, I caught up with Shane at the Hall of Flowers Expo in Palm Springs a few weeks ago. And as you will see, Shane has a really interesting background. He's worked at Red Bull and later at industry biggie Candescent. So we talk all about the luxury cannabis market and the opportunities that exist there, as well as the challenges that it faces. So without further ado, I bring you Shane Nadeau. All right, Shane, give us the brief, if you can, sort of origin story of you and, and of Hervé. That's a great question. The origin story of Hervé and kind of my role goes that Sebastian, the founder, created Hervé well over a few years ago. He comes from entertainment and hospitality industry, and he was starting to notice a demand from a lot of his clients for events for infused desserts and macarons. So he kind of developed the concept in Toronto and then brought the brand to Nevada in February of 2020 and launched the brand there. Then I was brought on board in July of this year to kind of help bring the brand to market in California. My background comes from beverage and also cannabis prior. I was with Candescent and Good Brands and Alt previously before this brand. So I kind of developed a knack from being in the industry in the early days in California on bringing brands to market and kind of what it takes to develop these brands. I met the Hervé team and kind of fell in love with the product and what they had in the pipeline. So yeah, that's kind of my story and a little bit about the brand in the back. So what is it about Hervé that is different than other edibles? Like what is your sort of point, big point of difference? We are a luxury macaron and not a lot of people can... Are, there's not a lot of brands actually in this category. They're made in a French patisserie in Toronto, and the shells are, and then they're infused with buttercream and packaged in California. The macarons taste really, really good. They're actually lower in sugar than like your La Dure macaron or something like that, so they actually taste really good, and they're 10 milligrams each, so they do pack a punch, and they have a really good effect. And is there a a real demand for macaroons. It's just funny, like you, you can kind of combine cannabis with anything. So why macaroons, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I mean, macaroons is like a definitely a different category, right? But they also make a great gift. They're good for entertaining, right? Much like you're bringing a bottle of Vouv to a, a cocktail party, adding a, a three pack of macaroons to an event, you know, as, as a dessert is a nice element. We don't think that people are going to buy these like they buy their gummies every week. But we also think that once they actually try the product, they're going to become big fans of the product right away. So they're they're definitely like a, an addition to like your normal consumer's cart, but we're also seeing a lot of new can and curious consumers and other segments of the market that are actually gravitating towards this product. And they'll actually pay for a more premium priced product. 
So you mentioned you're bringing this to California. It's sort of your your mission and charge. How does one do that? How is it different, say, than its life in Toronto? Or maybe it isn't. Maybe you're following the same playbook. But how is it when you when you launch a brand in California? Like, what what do you have to do? You know, launching a brand in California market is different than launching a brand in the Nevada market because it's still cannabis is still federally illegal, and every state has their own rules and regulations. So you kind of have to follow those rules and regs. Um, California is very different in the sense that, like, being a brand like ours, we're not a vertically integrated brand. You still have to set up the distribution, the co-manufacturing, the marketing, the PR, and everything behind it. And it's very like an a la carte process. Whereas in Nevada, everything is rolled up under one house. So like our manufacturers in Nevada are also our sales team, our distro, and they also own retail establishments. So it's a little bit different on how the actual market works. But because I was fortunate to be on the ground floor with a big brand like Candescent in the early days, I kind of learned firsthand what it takes. I did go from vertically integrated to like a co-manufacturing type role in the past. So I kind of know both sides of the field and figured out how to navigate that pretty quickly. You know, working with great partners like Navis or Ease has really kind of helped me develop that skill. And I think it adds a lot of value to a brand like Hervé, you know, and at, at launch. How do you reach a luxury audience? Like, is it a different way to market than say the people who are looking for like really high THC products, et cetera. How do you find that luxury market? We're learning that right now. Like we've just been in market a little over a month, but we also launched direct to consumer too, because I feel like our consumer is used to buying their products through online retailers, you know, like direct to consumer is a new kind of, it's not a very new channel, but it's an emerging channel that we're exploring right now. And I think that's where we can kind of meet that consumer where they, where they live, whether it's like in email or other kind of media outlets so where they can buy our product straight from the blog or the podcast website link. I think that's where we're really trying to meet that customer. In a retail establishment, it is hard. We do a lot of pop-ups and in-store demos, but we also have the advantage of the non-infused macarons in person. So like I said, as soon as the consumers are able to actually try it, it's a win right there. Unlike a, a vape company or a flower brand, you know, you really can't sample in-store. You kind of just have to trust that this brand is running a BOGO for that day, so I'm going to buy this and hopefully it's good. But you might get that like first purchase, but like how do you get that second, third, and fourth return customer. And I think, like I said, once they're able to try the non-infused samples in, in dispensary, uh, and like Sebastian says, he says it's one of the best tasting macarons in the world, and you would put our, put our macarons up against the La Durée at that point. Are there different flavors of the macarons? Yes. Yeah, we have four flavors. We have Celebration, Salted Caramel, Chocolate, and Raspberry. Celebration being our most popular. What's that flavor? Celebration's birthday cake, uh, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They actually have different colors, but the same kind of uh, feeling. I personally uh, love the Salted Caramel and Chocolate. It's really nice. How do you come up with the flavors? That wasn't, I can't take credit for that, but that was kind of Sebastian and Sam, who's our head of um, head of uh, product development. He kind of spent many, many hours in the lab developing the buttercream and those ingredients to kind of make those really, really nice. But they do have a culinary and hospitality background, so they do have that, like, knack for the taste and flavor profiles that they think could really do well in the market. And we're actually working on developing some new flavors for our Nevada market, too, because uh, that's kind of what the the market is telling us. So watch out for those in the next few months. Specifically for the Nevada market. Yeah, for the Nevada market, because right now we're kind of working on develop, we're working on getting these stores up and running with our current flavor roster in California. But yeah, it's something in the pipeline, something that we're always uh, always looking for, searching for new flavors, new SKUs to launch as well. So, Are there challenges that you, you've been in this business now, pre-Hervé, you were, you were in other companies you mentioned. What, what do you find sort of the hardest, some of the hardest obstacles to overcome. And it might be different for every different company you've worked for, but just in general, if somebody was listening to this and being like, okay, what do I need to look out for? 
It's a great question. I think the challenges are is uh, supply chain, right? Finding the right manufacturing partner, especially when you're working with a really niche product. If you're if you're making a gummy or a flour, like that's pretty easy. You can go, you can go into that market and you can go to any manufacturer that'll sell you that. But when you're working with a truly unique product, finding the right manufacturer is so important because they need to be able to know how to fill the macaroon properly, know how they're stored. There's a lot of elements that go into that. I would say second and third is also distribution, right? Finding the right distribution partner that can get you into the stores on time and has access to it. But also that goes with sales. That's the name of the game, right? Finding the right sales team, whether it's in-house or a sales agency is key. You're seeing the rise of a lot of outer kind of external sales agencies coming to the market. And I think they're all good in their own right, but it's it's really, really hard because no one can sell your product better than yourself, right? You developed it, you created this unique product and you kind of live and, live and die by it, right? So that's very, very important. It's also very, very challenging. You know, a lot of people think they can just jump into this industry, hire the sales and marketing team and it's gonna go to market, putting in a celebrity endorsement on a product or something like that. You've seen brands come into the market and go away pretty quickly, or they kind of hit a certain level and threshold with X amount of accounts and then they're kind of satisfied with that. But like, if you're really looking for tremendous growth, that goes comes down to the consumer and what they, what they actually want and what they demand, right? You hear about the price per milligram and the higher THCs, right? That kind of drives the market and it's very very true but that's also very very true in like flour and edibles market too but like the emergence of like the beverages and the sublingual categories those are something that i'm that we're all keeping an eye on because we believe that like like i said i came from beverage before i was previously at red bull for seven years so i know i know that game and you're seeing a lot of those those industry people come to market and i think the way that someone sells alcohol or beverage or soft drinks or whatever is a really unique play on how they can sell in the beverages into market that's really interesting you were Red Bull is such a successful lifestyle brand. What have you brought from your learnings at Red Bull to the cannabis industry? Like, are there certain things that you just learned there that are kind of fundamental rules that would, that also would work, carry over to cannabis? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the way that we market the product. And also like, I learned a lot of really good things from that company and it's being on a global scale. I think the way that like Red Bull produced events and the way that we marketed lifestyle and how Red Bull is so ingrained in the culture is something that I'm trying to carry into, into here, right? Like how do you ingrain it into the cannabis culture and the cannabis lifestyle? Also really playing up like our California roots is very, very important as well. Being from Southern California and living in Los Angeles, you know, kind of translating that culture and how we're embedded into the cannabis culture in LA. And that translates through like special events and that translates through like other marketing initiatives. So, Have you thought about like in terms of working with celebrity chefs or kind of like working, I mean, I know you have celebrity chefs on your roster, but like, have you thought about linking up with Iron Chef or like uh, I mean, those kind awesome. of right. I, I'd, be, I'd be stoked with that. I Didn't they do, they did like a cannabis, uh, like, yeah. I know a friend of mine, Luke Reyes, he, I think he was a judge on the, it was like a top chef for cannabis. He's also done, he'd done, done a lot of infusion dinners for me in the past. He's one that I've worked with. I've, I've done those with previous brands, but never with the product that's standalone. You know, usually infusions are like an, uh, a fused oil or some kind of addition to the product. It's something that we're looking to do with, um, events going into this year. But the focus for us really was to kind of penetrate the market, get get up and running here. And then, you know, next year in 2022 is integrate into those kind of lifestyle moments and um, events around the town. Yeah. All right. Thank you. This has been very informative. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur 
We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Write About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.